Hey y'all, welcome to the Silver Spoon Podcast. I'm your host, Kennedy Alsop. I figured it'd be appropriate with it being Valentine's Day tomorrow by the time we release this episode uh, to do a little bit of a love day topic. So we are joined today by two thirds of 30 plus and unfiltered to discuss merging your finances. Thank you, Gabby and Crystalline for being here this evening. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you for having us. Awesome. Well, before we get started, I want to ask you guys a little bit of a icebreaker question. What is the first thing that you learned about finances growing up and how do you think that impacts your financial habits today? I know this isn't one I sent you beforehand, but just wanted to see what you guys came up with off the top of your head. Do you want to go first, Gabby, or you want me to? Yeah, I'll I'll go first. So, um, <laughs> balancing and balancing a checkbook. Um, okay. I know people don't. This new generation of people probably don't even know what a checkbook looks like. Um, but when sure. I was a kid, everything, all bills were paid with checks. Um, and so my dad, one day. Um, showed me how to balance a checkbook. So, um, you know, you write down how much is in your account at the top and then everything you write a check for, you write it down because it takes a couple days for them to cash checks. So, you you know, if you have $100 and you write a check for 45, your account is still going to say you got $100, but you don't have $100. So how that has transferred to my habits now, I do that just not in the form of a checkbook. I literally keep a notebook um, of expenses and I write them down. I write, this is what is in my account. This is what needs to come out. Um, Because while I may not be writing checks, I do ACH transactions now, which take a couple days to come out. Um, and the last thing you want is return check fees because you said you had money in your account that you didn't have. So if you write it down, then you know exactly what came out of your account. Love that. I love that. It's important that you know where your money is going. So that's that's good. Exactly. I, I feel like I learned how to balance a check, but it was very like quickly something that I didn't have to continue doing for very long like i have a checkbook i just never use it but yeah i understand that i i have a checkbook too i don't use it to balance (laughs) my finances or anything like that i just use it to write checks for little things because you know everything is kind of like electronic now but um I guess when I was younger and even now, I've always been sort of like a big spender. And I I know I my mom paid for everything back in the day. But um, I think one of the things that I did take into my adulthood is savings. So I do I, I was told growing up to always, you know, have a savings. 
put a percentage of your money in savings. And then my grandfather was actually big on paying cash. Like he's like, if you don't have the cash for it, then um, you shouldn't spend. So those are two things that I kind of like like to look at now. Um, even being a big spender, it's like, okay, well, if you're going to put this on credit, can you, how, how long is it going to take for you to pay that off? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's an awesome answer. Yeah. I totally. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, especially nowadays, uh, I feel like people are really having a hard time with, with credit, with credit cards, yeah. like mortgage, like I or not mortgage, but credit in general, like things, Debt is kind of out of control nowadays. Um, we're really you trying can to say mortgage too, though. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Like we we're Buying houses that you can't. Yeah, that you can't, can't afford, afford, and then your your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. very true. Yeah, you got that. You got cars that you can't afford. Just trying to upkeep a lifestyle that you can't. So thank you guys both for for being willing to to answer that icebreaker question. So I'm interested to see how that sort of influences our discussion as we we continue um, to chat a little bit about um, merging your finances. So the first question that I have for you both is how do you approach the conversation of merging your finances? When's a good opportunity to bring it up? How do you bring it up? You know, finances are kind of a awkward topic, I feel like. And how is it something that you, what's, how do you broach the topic? You want to go first, Chris? So I was going to say, um, I would like to know now, like getting into a new, you know, relationship, how that sort of discussion would be brought up, considering that um, my husband and um, me, we got married very young. So that wasn't really like, you know, a topic of discussion. We did. um we did merge our finances. It was like a conversation that we did have to um, have. So we did start off with merging our finances. We just decided that during that time, that was the most effective way or the best way that we wanted to sort of like um, do our our bills um, and things like that. It was just easier for us being young. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. You guys are like learning a lot of the the same things, like building your foundation together. Right. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have as many, you don't have as many bills like when you're younger as Mm -hmm. you take on as you get older. Yeah, yeah, definitely. it's, It's easier. It's easier to merge your finances being younger. Yes. So we did not. have that conversation until we had been together for nine years. Okay. Um, I am very picky about my money and I don't really like for anyone to be able to tell me how I can and what I can spend my money on. Mm -hmm. However, in year nine, we decided to buy a house. Okay. So because we decided to buy a house and it was something we were going to do together, we opened a joint, two joint bank accounts. Um, 
And those bank accounts specifically were for us to input parts of our paycheck to um, get the down payment money um, so that we could buy a house. So it was not a discussion we had in the beginning. All of our stuff was separate. Um, when it came to any kind of bills or anything being paid, it was more like, hey, this bill is due. Mm -hmm. um, and then whoever's account was going to pay it, we just put the money in that account. Um, and it was like that for a very long time. But when I talked to the mortgage lender about buying a house and they're like, oh, we're going to start looking at all your finances and stuff. I was like, oh, yeah, this needs to all be in one account so that they're not out here trying to figure out, OK, well, what's coming from this account and what's coming from this account? So we went to the bank and we opened up two accounts, which we do both still have those accounts. Mm -hmm. um, and then we also used those accounts to be able to put money into our kids' individual accounts. But that took time. That was, that took some years <laughs> to get to that point. Yeah. And I will, I will say for us, um, it's changed over the years. Um, and I think it's also based on how your household is. So like when we first got into, um, when we first got married, because that's when the merging of our finances started, we didn't do it prior to getting married. Um, but once we did that shortly after, um, I stayed, I was like a stay at home mom and I was just focusing on going to school. So that was more so why our finances were merged. It was just more, it was so much easier just, you know, having one account where if I needed to get this, you know, I can go to the store and get this, um, and things like that. So it worked out during that time. Um, one of the things we did have separate, um, find like accounts once I, I ended up getting a job because it was just a little bit easier. Both of us are spenders. So just seeing, you know, um, how much he was spending or how much I was spending, it was just a little bit, um, chaotic that way. So we decided to, um, separate, but we also had a joint and we still do have a joint. Like Gabby said, I think that's also important. Um, if you are married or if you do have a partner and that's a decision that you do make. And I do think it's important to know the spending habits of your partner. Mm -hmm. Um, because, and I just thought about it. That was the first time we opened a bank account together, but we previously before starting that bank account, shared a credit card together. So I guess that is another version of merging a finance, right? right? Um and one of us was more of a heavy spender than the other. <laughs> um and so you have to have those conversations to be like, mm -hmm. okay, hold on. <laughs> you know, yeah. um you're spending a little bit too much, you know, on the card. Yeah. Um and that was when you go into that prematurely and you guys haven't had a conversation to say, look, yes, our limit is this, but we can only afford to run it up this. I do think, you know, you should have those conversations. We had to learn in the process because we did not have that conversation in the beginning. And then it was like, uh, where'd this balance come from on this card? Mm -hmm. um, we're more cognizant now. And it got to a point where we did start to say like, yeah, do we have this? Can we do this? But that was a learned 
mm-hmm. behavior that came after the fact. So I think it is very important if you're going to merge finances, know the habits of your partner. Definitely. I would agree with that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that's that's very important. Okay. Okay. So actually sort of speaking on knowing the habits of your partner, how do you handle those those differences? I feel like you kind of answered that a little bit, Gabby, but um, maybe Crystalyn for you, how do you handle those maybe differences in your financial habits and even your values maybe? Because you guys may view money in like two different, totally, like two totally different ways. Like, as you said, Gabby, like maybe one spends a little bit more. So they may view money as like something that is meant to be like earned and then spent versus like, oh, I'm somebody who's more of a saver. I want to keep it for the future. I want to invest it in a home or investments for the kids or what have you, retirement. How do you how do you reconcile that? Well, so that's sort of why we did have like we did decide make the decision to have split accounts because okay. we're both big spenders. And so we just felt as though it was easier to um, sort of control our spending if just we're looking at what we're what we're spending individually. Um, because one of the things you can come across when you do have one account is that you more so see what the other person is spending and not necessarily what you're spending. So you see something come out of the account, you may have had equal, you know, um, equal like payments that you made like towards whether for me, like I like to get my nails done, I like to, you know, go shopping and things like Mm -hmm. that. Um, you know, he also liked to go shopping, but it was more so like he saw what I was spending and then I saw what he was spending and we were, and so it just, it worked out to have like, you know, separate accounts where we can sort of like manage and budget our own like individual spendings and, and it works out. It works out. Like we have, um, I know the conversation does come up, um, to merge, but then we do, you know, other things like, um, we we have a joint account. Um, we also, when we're planning like a vacation or a trip, we, we have, you know, those funds go in there and, um, it, it just works out at this time for us. Yeah. I think if you, you, there's some people who their method is everything goes in that account and, and that's that, right. I think what worked for us was to, that account started to become this is the account for this. So once the house was bought, then we needed another purpose for that account. So then our next big expenditure was going to Disney. So that's what that account became. It became mm-hmm. the let's funnel money into this account for Disney. And then whatever was the the big thing that we were going to do together, that's what that account became. And that's what that account is still for. It's for this is what we're working on. So these things go in here. Um, That's just something that more so worked for us because I am, we like to shop in two completely different ways. I'm a very big spender when it comes to my house and I'm very big on furniture and rugs and, and, and those kind of things. He's more so like shoes and clothes and, and, and game stuff. And I think it is more healthy for our household that neither one of us can 
be able to pinpoint specifically like you spent that much on that. Um, but again, for the things that matter, um, you know, like how we just recently went um, for Christmas on a trip. Those are the things where, yeah, we compile our stuff together. Outside of that, it's always kind of worked for us to just, um, this is the card that's set up to pay these bills. Hey, this is how much is due for this. And just make sure that that money, um, and, and of course, because we share the accounts, we can transfer between accounts. So it's not hard to say, hey, um, you need to move $50 over because this is, this is due. Um, and that's just kind of, it's been very easy. And we just make sure like before anybody transfers any money that we know, hey, I'm going in and I'm going to, I'm going to move this money around. I'm very money focused. I'll go ahead and say that I'm extremely money focused. I mean, some people have a monthly budget. I have a daily budget, a weekly budget, a, a quarterly budget. I, I am extremely money focused. I'm always in the bank account. I'm always looking. It's probably too much of a topic, honestly, in my house, which is why, again, I think it's better in my house that our accounts are separate because I'm very, you spent this. Um, because I'm always, I'm always looking at what's going out in comparison to what's, what's coming in. Um, I feel like a lot of people, their bad habit is that they spend, 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 and they don't know what they're spending. I need to be on top of that. Now, should I probably talk about it less? Yeah, probably. Um, so I, it's, it's, it's a constant conversation, um, in my house, even when we're just like, Hey, what are we eating tonight? It's a conversation, <laughs> but again, I'm just very money oriented. So I think that's why it comes up so, um, so much for me. Yeah. For us, I would say quarterly, we don't discuss finances as frequently unless there's like a trip coming up or, um, we're trying to figure out like new ways to increase our credit, um, together, I think one of the um, one of the things we have decided within the few the past few years um, was to in, in efforts to like you know build credit and things like that because that's always a goal um, is to get a credit card together and it's like a credit card that we both use frequently but we you know you pay off right away as you use it so that's definitely worked out for us so like if you're not um, into like the whole, you know, having a joint account, I would definitely like recommend, you know, getting a joint credit card, as long as you and your partner are good with paying the full amount back. So yeah, I would say I would say for us, it's it's quarterly, quarterly check ins, um, and things like that. But we really don't have too many conversations surrounding that because we have our own bills. Um, and, and things like that. So a big thing that I feel like I always talk about and like the reason why I started the Silver Spoon podcast was because I feel like our finances really are inherently emotional. Like there's so many different experiences, like just feelings and like things wrapped up in how we end up viewing money and ultimately what we do with it. Uh, that's kind of why I asked you guys that question at the beginning. Like, what was the first lesson that you learned um, about money? Because 
often, you know, one of the biggest influences is your parents when you're growing up. Um, you see their financial habits, whether they share with you how to do things or not, whether they talk about what's going on with their finances or not. That definitely like sort of plays a big role later on in what you end up doing. Sometimes people like to do the exact same thing. And sometimes people are like, I'm absolutely not going to be like my parents at all. Um, so I'm curious with financial discussions being pretty emotional. Do well, actually, first of all, are they ever emotional for you guys? Like, do you ever feel like emotions kind of get in the way of having productive conversations? Is it around specific things? So statistic time, um, outside of kids, mm -hmm. right? The number one reason for divorce in the United States is money. Like that's generally it, mm -hmm. money. And so I want to, to, to answer this question, to touch on it. I, I just said to you, like, I'm very money oriented and I'm very money focused and I probably talk about money too much. Right. Um, but I, um, last year, I think it was, or year before last, I think it was, um, was visiting with my grandmother and the advice that she gave me was that in all her years of marriage, they never talked money. Like not one time. Hmm. She said it wasn't a discussion. It didn't come up. They weren't over there like, how do we pay for this? How do we do that? She's like, and it's not because they were rich or because, you know, they were some well-to-do off family. She's like, half the time they didn't even have it. It just wasn't a conversation that they had. They did not put priority and focus on it because she never wanted it to turn into an ugly argument because they couldn't come to an agreement on something that, as she put it, kind of was out of their control. You either have it or you don't. You can afford it or you can't. Mm -hmm. The light bill's gonna get paid or it's not. <laughs> um, but instead of now you're upset because the light bill's not gonna get paid and now you're playing a blame game of, well, why is the light bill not gonna be paid? Well, maybe if you did this, well, maybe if, like she basically was like, they avoided that topic to keep the peace. Um, I do think that that is probably why money is the number one reason for divorce, because instead of saying, you know what, it's just something we don't have right now, it's going to come. Then you start pinpointing. And I think couples start nitpicking about, well, why you don't have these things. And I think there starts to grow some resentment sometimes in the fact that like you might want something but it's not something that you guys can afford to do so yeah I do think that the discussion of money period can become a very emotional conversation and then I think that depending on how that conversation goes your partner may start to feel like you seem to care more about money than you know, the relationship. And I think that's why a lot of people will say, um, you'll hear people sometimes say like older couples, I don't care if we're broke as long as we have each other. 
because the more money they seem to have more problems. So that's just my take on it. I don't know if it like fully answered the question, um, but I do think that, yeah, money does bring in and can be a very emotional topic depending on the priority that money plays in your house. I I would agree with um, that with some of that. I think um, when you're having the conversation of like finances, merging finances or whichever that may be in your relationship, one of the most important things um, and you're going to come across difficulty um, you're because if unless you grow up in the same household, you have different values. You know, sometimes people do have similar values, but you always grow up different. Um, like I grew up and um, I saw my mom, you know, she spent money on the things that, you know, she liked. And I have um, brought that, you know, into like my adulthood, like you said, you know, like some of the things that you see growing up, you bring in. Um, but I also saw good things too. Like my mom was a big saver. She was really good with her finances and things like that. But your partner may grow up you know, it differently. And so you're going to have, you know, those conversations. It's just effective communication, like listening to the other person and not necessarily like, you know, saying your way is wrong because they may give you a better way of, you know, viewing finances that may also help you both out. So I think effective communication is definitely important and being prepared to potentially have those difficult conversations, but being willing to, you know, hear each other out and learn from each other. Yeah. I yeah. love that. That was, yeah, that was, I loved both. Like those are both really insightful answers. Um, that's, I didn't even think about that, but like, it's true that like money would be the number one reason for divorce when I feel like people come to the table with totally different expectations. Like you were saying, like, you know, you have different, different backgrounds. If you didn't grow up in the same household, you're going to have totally different values in how you view money. So you can come to the, come to the table. And if you're not willing to be open-minded and sort of work through and understand that like, okay, maybe there might be another way of doing things. Or if I want to continue doing whatever it is I want to do, maybe I need to have my, you know, a separate account and we can have our joint account where we compromise on how we're going to handle it. Um, so yeah, that was, that was really, that was awesome. The last question that I have for you guys is what were some of the first topics or like the crucial topics that came up for you guys when it came to merging finances? And if you were to like go back and do it again, what were, what do you think are like the ones that are like, oh, like I wish we would have definitely maybe talked about this earlier on. Like this would have been important to maybe, maybe to know earlier versus now that maybe we're doing a big purchase together or something like that. I think for us, it started off with, groceries like I know that's so like you know it's so weird to hear but um I like my mom was a big you know snacks like that we always had snacks we always had you know certain things and then my husband sort of like grew up differently so we so 
whenever we would go grocery shopping, I would be like, let's get this, 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 and that. And my husband's like, why are you getting all of this? Why are you getting this? Why are you getting that? So that was like something that now as you know, we've, we've gotten older, I'm like, okay, I'll handle the groceries (laughs) because, you know, I'm very particular with, you know, the things that I like for the house. And so it just, it worked out that way. But yeah, that was like one of the first things that we were, we just both didn't see eye to eye on. It's funny, the groceries. I feel like you never like, that wouldn't like immediately come to mind. I feel like people would mostly like, like think like a big, like a big purchase, like a house or like something like that, but like groceries. Yeah. Yeah, But we were younger. So that's why like, that's the first thing that I can think of. We didn't really have any credit card. Like we were 20, we were 20 when we got, yeah, we were 20 when we got married. So we didn't have like any, you know, big purchases or things like that, or a lot of like outstanding credit. We weren't thinking of buying Mm -hmm. a house during that time. So yeah, something as little because like even down to renting, like we were both like, oh yeah, we like that house. Like we, we had like similar values when it came to that. But when it came to that, because of how we grew up, that was just like one of the things we could not see eye to eye on. Groceries is a big thing. I don't even think that's the thing that because y'all were young, because that's still a thing. <laughs> like we shop different. I'm married to somebody that is very much uh you don't have to spend that much kind of mm-hmm. person. And I'm not that person. I am a no, we need this, 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 and this. I'm a we need it now. Like me and Chris literally just had this conversation yeah. about like I am someone who's like, we need this now. <laughs> so I'm just going to go drop a couple hundred dollars on it now. And yeah. then he's more of a, yeah, we didn't need that right now. You just wanted that right mm-hmm. now. So even when it's something like groceries, I'll be like, oh, groceries cost X amount of hundreds of dollars. And he's like, well, you didn't need to buy this like for the longest i was always shopping at food line and i thought i was doing great right with the little mvp and then he's like how come y'all never just go to sam's and buy in bulk and i shot down the sam's thing for the longest because i was like i'm not going to sam's and then i went to sam's and i bought in bulk and i was like oh this actually lasts a little bit mm-hmm. longer which so like the thing that chris said about like being open-minded to the idea that like sometimes the way that you view money it's not saying that it's wrong, but also be open-minded to the way someone else views it too. Um, and yeah, there are some things that I think I am, because I'm, I, I gotta do it right now. I will go drop a couple hundred dollars on groceries and you know we'll have something sitting in the pantry for forever. We weren't even really about to use. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really a necessity or whatever in that moment. Um, I think if I had to go back for the second part of your question, um, I think that we probably should have laid out kind of ground rules, maybe like um, if we need this, we won't spend above this. I try my hardest to budget, which is why I write things down. I don't think I've ever stuck to a grocery budget. (laughs) Ever. I try to walk in a store and be like, yeah, I'm not going to spend more than this. Yeah. And it never, it never happens. I, cause I see something and I gotta, I have to get it then. I think, um, I would have also been more open to 
the conversations with my partner. I struggle with the fact that if I feel I can afford it, I'm going to get it. And I don't feel like I should have to ask, can I get it? Because I can afford it. Looking back, I think that I put myself in some positions with money because I felt like I needed to have it then. And I probably should have just gone to the person that I was with and talked to them about some of these decisions before I made them. (laughs) Um, Because he probably would have talked me, tried to talk me out Mm. of them. Um, as opposed to it now being, I'm upset because I made the decision and I'm like, okay, <laughs> got to do a little bit more now um, to ease the the strain of this purchase that I um, just made. So I think I would be more inclusive. I would be more inclusive of maybe some of his ideals when it came to money, even like looking for a place. Chris is correct. I joke her all the time and I say, you know, I think she married the right person because they both have the same similar kind of taste in like a lot of things um me on the other hand i'm very bougie when it comes to a lot of stuff um and my husband is not so i will want to you know like you're looking at an apartment he's like we should look at this because it will save money and i'm like yeah i don't want to live there though so if I had to go back, there are a lot of suggestions I think that he made that were with good intention of, I know you can afford this, but we don't need that right now. And he was right on a bunch of stuff. Don't tell him I said that. Different ideals, you know? So yeah, that's it's good as long as you remain open-minded. I feel like this was not a question that I had initially posed, but what are y'all's thoughts on like coming to the table with pre-existing debt um i know like you guys kind of have like merged certain like things like for specific things now um and then you have your individual but what are your thoughts on people assisting with payments or like bringing that up like if you're merging your finances for only specific things but then you still have your separate accounts is that something that you need to talk about with your partner my debts are not your debts i I don't i don't know if chris will feel differently on that but my debts are not your debts um if we go in on something together that's different Mm -hmm. but like i have a i went and got three degrees I have a crap ton of student loans. I'm not looking at him to pay my student loans. Now, if you are married to someone who says, I would love to um, help you out with that or, uh, hey, you know, are they volunteer? That's different. But I'm, I would never, I'm not going to obligate my partner to pay for my debts. If I go out here and I buy a car for me, that's my car. I'm the one that is responsible for paying for it. Again, if you're with someone who just says, hey, I got you on that car payment this month, that's different. Um, I don't see anything wrong with you helping your partner if that's what you want to do. But I never want them to feel like you're responsible for something that I um, created for myself, especially if I created it before I even met you. Um, now, we're out here car shopping and you talk me into this car. You, no, that's again that's different mm-hmm. that's something that we are choosing to do together and maybe we'll have the conversation of you know maybe we split this car payment because it's a car we both um want or something like that but 
Um, it's one reason why, and this is not really about taxes, but this is just a little fun fact for people listening. It's one reason why a lot of people will file married, but separate. Because if you happen to make way more money than your partner and you file joint, your partner's on the hook for your liability. Mm. And just to like put it into perspective, if you're husband makes 300 grand a year and you make 35 is it really fair that you should be on the hook for the 20 some 30 some grand in taxes that he owes you only made 35 so a lot of married people will file separate for that reason because it's not really fair to entitle somebody to something that they didn't really have anything to do with but I think it would also depend, like your example with the 100, you know, the person who makes 100000 and then they make thirty five. If they have merged finances um, and the person who makes 100000 pays like more of the bills, you know, like the bulk of the bills where the person who's making 35000 still ends up, you know, having a good amount of money to themselves. And if they're merged, then all of that is for themselves. The person who makes 35,000 is not going to owe the taxes, but the person who's making a hundred will owe the taxes. Right. So when you, when you do it together, it kind of evens it out, you know, versus like the person who gets 35,000 keeping that money to themselves or just putting it back in the account to repay the finances from the person who makes more. You get what I'm saying? So I think it just, it depends on how it is. So if you make 35K and you're like splitting bills with someone who makes more, yeah, that wouldn't be fair to like file together and not get anything back. That in that case, yeah, you should file separate. But I think, yeah, I think it would depend. I mean, you have to think the way that the law works, because you're married, if you pass away, your debts roll over to your spouse mm -hmm. um unless you have it written you know legally somewhere that they are to go um some other place but if you don't have that legally written out um your 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 debts that you have basically roll over to your next of kin and that's just one it's one thing that i've never really been in agreement with because again like i said unless these are debts that we created together i don't think it's fair that my debt responsibilities should fall on um should fall on somebody else unless you just want to volunteer like i would i think i think there would definitely be have to have like conversations towards that like you would have to be honest and like how much debt you have how much you're and then that's another situation where you would probably lean more on determining whether it's better to keep your finances separate mm -hmm. and then when you've you know lowered your debt maybe merging at that point and then figuring out how to you know split whatever expenses you guys have together at the end of the day you have to do what's best for your household yeah. nobody runs money the same way nobody mm -hmm. pays bills the same mm -hmm. way nobody even has the conversation about money the same way i mean not saying that anything that i said is not valuable you said or crystalline said is not valuable what works for your house is what works for your house as long as you two are mature enough to sit down and have an open and honest conversation and set your boundaries of what will work for your household i feel like everybody will be fine perfect y'all
I appreciate y'all for for joining us on this episode of the Silver Spoon Podcast. I hope this encourages open, transparent conversation about uh, these kind of topics because they definitely are important and they definitely, you know, money is part of everything. So I want to make sure we're, we're on the same page. Well, thanks again and we'll see y'all next time. If you enjoyed today's conversation with Chris and Gabby from 30 Plus and Unfiltered, you can get more of them by clicking on the links in the show notes below. Be sure to turn your notifications on and share with a friend because we all deserve a spoonful of abundance. Until next time. (laughs) 